My title today is Don't Bust the Bank. You're probably aware of this that is taking place in America. It's taking place right here in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. People are busting the bank financially. In other words, they are out of control financially. They are upside down financially. Statistics say that 40% of people borrow more than they can make monthly payments on. They're busting the bank. The average American family is always only three weeks away from bankruptcy. They are busting the bank. Eighty-five out of 100 Americans have less than $250 in cash saved up by age 65. They are busting the bank. The average American has over $8,000 in credit card debt. They are busting the bank. Over 40% of U.S. families routinely spend more each year than they earn. People are busting the bank financially. And what I want to do today, uh, we're aware of this. We know that it's a problem in in our world today, but let's look at a remedy. And and the way that I want to approach this this morning is I want to look at five reasons people bust the bank. Why are people busting the bank financially? Let's look at five reasons why people bust the bank. Point number one, you can follow along with me in your bulletin, fill in the blanks, take notes so you can take this message home with you. Point number one, Many people are lost financially. They're busting the bank because they're lost financially. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn to Proverbs chapter 27. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, the verse will pop up on the screen. We're going to be looking at verse number 23 today. We're going to spend the majority of our time together here in Proverbs 27 and verse number 3. The scripture says, out of the living Bible, riches can disappear fast. And the king's crown doesn't stay in his family forever. So watch your business interests closely. Now notice this. Know the state of your flocks and your herds. Know the state of your flocks and your herds. And friends, most people don't know the state of their flocks. They don't know the state of their herds. In the 21st century, that would be they don't know their financial condition. They don't know what's going on in the arena of their finances. They are totally lost. And the interesting thing is this, you can be lost with a lot of money and you can be lost with a little bit of money. And if there's one area there should never be a mystery in, it's the realm of our personal finances. We know how much comes in and and we send it wherever we want it to go. There should never be a time that we get to the end of the month and we go, what it seems to me... (laughs) Oh, we say, I, I, I don't know where the money went. I, I, I don't know why we can't pay all the bills. And there's like this, this mystery that we can't figure out where the money went. And there should never be a mystery in the realm of personal finances. And today you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, Pastor, am I lost financially? Let me just give you some, some things to make you aware today if you are lost financially. Here's how you can know if you're lost financially. If you spend more than you make a year you're lost financially. If you don't know if you spend more than you make a year, you're lost financially. If you don't care that you might be spending more than you make a year, you're lost financially. If you owe more on your car than your car is worth, you're lost financially. If you don't know how much you owe on your car, you're lost Financially, if paying the minimum on your credit card is a way of life, you're lost 
financially. If you think paying the minimum on your credit cards is good financial planning, you're lost financially. If the only money you're saving is the money that's being taken out of your check every month, you're probably lost financially. If you're making decisions that you hope your spouse never finds out about, you're lost financially. If you don't know how much debt you owe overall, you're lost financially. If you're doing something financially that you hope the IRS never discovers, you're lost financially. And understand something, the opposite of lost is not being found when it comes to the area of your finances. The, the opposite of being, being lost in the realm of personal finances is finding out where you are so that you can get to where you need to be. And so today, we don't want you to have a mystery in the area of your finances. You need to find out, forget being lost, I'm going to find out where I am so I can get to where I need to be. There's a second reason people bust the bank. First of all, many people are lost financially. Number two, many people don't have any margin. They don't have any margin. Scripture says in Proverbs 27 and verse number 23, riches can disappear fast. Everybody say amen. You know what I mean? I mean, the paycheck can just go and it's gone and don't know where it went. I mean, riches, money can disappear very quickly. Let me explain to you what, what I mean by margin. Let me give you a definition. Here, here's what margin is. Margin is taking how much you earn, minusing how much you spend, and whatever you have left over is the margin. So take how much you ever earn, and whatever you earn, minus whatever you spend every month, and whatever you have left over is the margin you have in your life financially. And most Americans at the end of the month don't have any margin left over. Their riches, their stuff, their money disappears very, very quickly. And friends, what happens is most Americans have allowed their lifestyle to chase their income. And at the end of the month, there is nothing left. There's no margin financially. And people who live their life without any margin financially they make two very wrong assumptions. The first wrong assumption is this. They assume that nothing unexpected will ever happen. That they just spend, they go, you know what, I, I'm just going to spend all I make because I'm, life's good. I don't foresee any problem. Let's just have a good time. Let's just spend, spend. I mean, we're making good money. Let's just enjoy it and spend. Nothing's going to happen wrong. And for most Americans... If something unexpected happens, they're in big, big trouble because they don't have any margin in their life financially. The boss walks in and says, you're not going to get the raise we thought we were going to be able to give. You're not going to get the bonus. Most people will be in trouble because they don't have any margin in their life. The boss walks in and says, the company is not doing as well as we thought it would, and we're going to have to downgrade the company and scale back some and let a few employees go and I hate to inform you that you're going to lose your job. Most people couldn't make it one month because they don't have any margin 
in their lives. The boss walks in and says, you're going to have to take a 15% pay cut across the board. The entire company, all the employees are taking a 15% pay cut. We're going through a tough time. Most people could not make it. They would panic because there's no margin in their life financially. The car breaks down and, and you, you have $1,000 to, to get it fixed. Most people have no margin. They have to pull out their best friend, MasterCard and Visa because there's no margin in their life financially. They're spending every thing they make and they assume you know what I'll never have any problems and here's the issue when you don't have any margin in your life financially I know this to be true I can predict this about you if you have no margin financially you're living with stress you're living with anxiety you're living with your mind always clouded and you're living with with worry because that's what happens when you don't have any margin in your life you live a stressful life. You, you put stress on yourself. You put anxiety that you should not have on your life because you have no margin in your life. There's a, a second thing that, that, that people assume. It's a very wrong assumption. When you have no margin in your life, people assume the number one enemy to margin is their income. Don't miss this. The number one enemy to margin in their life is their income. People think if I could ever get the job, if I could ever get the education, if I could ever get the promotion, if I could ever get the huge raise, I would have financial margin in my life because all I need is more money. If I made more money, things would be different financially. But what you have to understand is that the number one enemy to margin is not income, but lifestyle. You see, for most people, what happens is all more money does is raise up their standard of living. That's all it does. Most people, when they get more money, they, they get the raise, they, they get the bonus, they, they get the promotion. Most people, all they do is raise their standard of living, no matter how much they make, because there are a lot of people who make a lot, a lot, a lot of money, but they still have financial pressure. They're still close to filing bankruptcy because they have no margin in their life financially. People get the raise, and the first thing they want to do is they upgrade the car. They get the bonus. The first thing they want to do is upgrade the house. They get the raise. They want to upgrade their TV. They get the the raise, they want to upgrade their vacation life. They get the raise, they get the bonus. All people do is raise their standard of living and they have no margin in their life. And then we all want to scream, my problem is I need to make more money when the real issue is you need to spend less money and have margin in your life financially. You, it doesn't matter how much you make. You can have margin with a little bit of money and you can have margin with a lot of money. Because the issue is lifestyle, not money. And the interesting thing is this, people create, for the most part, I realize some people get on hard times and something uh, unexpected really happens, a major catastrophe that was out of their control happens. But for most people, people create their financial problems by having no margin. They, they don't live within their means. You see, they create a lifestyle that they're forced to have to finance. Listen, th this is going to be a shocking statement, but it's really true. Most people's financial pressure is artificial. It's artificial. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, preacher, you just don't know. I don't know what you mean, artificial. This is real pressure. I mean, you don't know how I stay up thinking every night. You don't know. I've got real. This is not artificial. It's real. No, it's artificial because you created it. 
I mean, you got the car, you got the house, you put this on yourself. It didn't just show up one day. You made the decision. You created this lifestyle. Now you have to finance it. And it's really an artificial pressure because you created it. And now your lifestyle is chasing your income and you have no financial margin. And now you're living a life of pressure. You're living a life of stress. And you know what happens? Something unexpected happens. And, you know, we've all been there. We, we living without any margin and something unexpected happens. You know what we all do? Whether you're a, a believer or a non-believer, here's what everybody does when they have pressure financially. Oh, God in heaven. <laughs> oh, Jesus, let's sing that song again. We need you, Lord. <laughs> oh, I mean right now. <laughs> Lord, give me some money, money, money. Give me some money, Lord. And God says, I did. And you're driving around in it. I gave you money and you're wearing it. I gave you money and you're living in it. I gave you money and you're watching it. You want, I gave you money and you're trying to impress your neighbors with it. I gave you money. You got bling, bling, kateen, kateen. I gave you stuff. I gave you the raise. Matter of fact, for most people, not everybody here, but for most of you, five, ten years ago, you dreamed about what you're making today. And you thought, if I could just make what I'm making today, things would be different, and you still got pressure. Because what happens is as income goes up, lifestyle goes up, and people have no financial margin. And we buy into what the world says. You know, the world has this little cheer. You know, I kind of made it into my own, but it's a little cheer that the world has. It goes, we got debt. Yes, we do. We got debt. How about you? You, yeah. I got me some debt, yeah. No, no, no. No, you're missing it. Don't make that your model for life. Get you, get you a good cheer like, we got margin. Yes, we do. We got margin. How about you? I got margin. I'm not living my life stressed out. I'm not going to, the, the ship's not going to sink because we don't get paid one month. We lose a job because we've got margin in our life financially. There's two things that happens when you have no financial margin. Number one, you rob yourself. Pastor, what do you mean? I got my toys. I got the car. I got, I got the dream. I got, what do you mean I rob my, myself? Well, when you don't have any margin in your life, you rob yourself of having financial freedom. You rob yourself of planning for the future. There's no way to plan for the future when you don't have anything to plan. You rob yourself of being debt-free. You rob yourself of paying cash for cars instead of getting yourself into more in debt and leasing and borrowing and paying interest rates. You... You, you, you rob yourself from having peace. You, you rob yourself from arguing with your spouse because the number one reason couples argue is over finances. And, and you rob yourself from the abundant life that your heavenly father really wants for you if you don't have financial margin. There's a second person you rob, and that's God. See, Pastor, how do I rob God when I don't have any margin? You see, most Christians, not all, most Christians, they have no room in their life for God to speak to them. 
Matter of fact, a lot of Christians have to tune God out because they have no margin in their life. You attend one of our community groups and somebody has a pressing need in the community group and you feel a stirring in your heart to help. You feel like the Spirit is speaking to you, but, but you can't. You've got to just tune out God because you don't have any margin in your life. You see a poor person and they need help. And we're called as Christ followers to help the poor. And, and they ask you, man, I just need some help. I've, I've had a catastrophe in my life. I, I didn't ever expect anything. It's just I'm, 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 I need some help. And, and you feel like the Spirit is speaking to you, but, but you can't even listen to God because you don't have any margin in your life financially. You, 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 you want to go on the missions trip because you feel like God is speaking to you to make a difference and to go overseas and, and get challenged by, by, by a mission trip. But you, you can't go on a mission trip because there's no, there's no margin. And you, God's speaking to you about supporting a missionary and you can't support the missionary. You can't support the new work that, that God wants and you feel like God's stirring. But you've got to tune God out and can't listen to God because you have no margin in your life financially. And not only do you rob yourself, but you rob your Heavenly Father of speaking to your heart and making a difference when there's no margin, margin in your life. There's a third reason people bust the bank. Point number three is this. Many people don't track their spending. They don't track their spending. Proverbs 27 and verse 23 says, Riches can disappear fast, and the king's crown doesn't stay in his family forever. So watch. Everybody shout, watch. Notice this, so watch your business interests closely. Well, you say, Pastor, I don't own a business. You're wrong. Your personal finances are your business. You're a steward of the Lord. And so the scripture says, watch your business interests closely. Keep, keep a close eye on your finances, on your personal business, your personal finances. Know the state of your flocks and your herds. Listen, you've got to watch your finances Closely, you got to know the condition of your finances. Here's what I would highly encourage you to do beginning this week. Forget the budget thing right now. I believe in it. I believe in it. We're going to talk about it just for a moment. But, 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 but forget all that right now. Budgeting. and Here's the number one thing you got to do. you got to create a system of tracking where you're spending your money. you got to create a system. For most people, it's a mystery. I don't know where my money went. I don't know why. I don't know why I can't pay our bills. You know, here's what, it seems to me, but it shouldn't be a mystery. You've got to create some kind of system that you, are, that you are tracking where you're spending your money. Never should be a mystery. You should never try to have to wonder where it's going. You know how much is coming in, and you send it wherever you want it to go. And you've got to track it. The way Tiffany and I do this is we keep every single receipt. Everything that we buy, everything that we spend, we, we get a receipt on, on everything. And my wife, every month, every couple of weeks, she enters in all of the receipts. And we never get to an end of the month. I think she used Microsoft Excel, and there's lots of things. You can use Quicken, and there's lots of things you, you can use. You can use paper the old-fashioned way. I mean, just whatever you got to do. There's a lot of ways to do it. But, but we never get to the end of the month and go, where did the money go? And you know the interesting thing? When you start tracking your spending, it's amazing where you spend money where you never thought you did. I didn't realize we spent $200 going out to eat. I didn't realize I spent $100 a month at Starbucks, and I love me some Starbucks, but I can't believe that. I can't believe that I'm spending $200 buying new outfits every month. I didn't realize it. But when you start tracking your spending, there's a lot less of a mystery because you see you're paying close attention. You're watching your business closely. And I know what some of you are thinking. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm just not wired like you and Tiffany. My personality is different. I'm just kind of free-flowing, you know. I just free-flow. I'm... 
I'm just creative. I'm artsy. I just take life as it comes. You know, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just that kind of free-flowing person. Now, I'm not all that structured. I'm not really organized. I, I don't have time. I just take life as it comes, you know. Well, you know what? You don't call OG&E up every month and go, you know, OG&E, I, I'm not going to pay my bills this month because my personality, you know, I'm just free-flowing, you know. I just, I just take life as it comes, you know. I'm creative and artsy, and, and when I feel like it, just trust me, OG&E, when I feel like it, I'm going to write you a check for all of that, and I'm going to pay, and I'm going to even decorate the envelope because I'm creative like that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. See, we, we make a lot, and there's different personalities, but we make a lot of excuses not to watch our business closely. It is hard work, but we're steward. And if you ever want to get margin in your life financially, you've got to track your spending. You've got to know the condition of your herds and your flocks. You've got to know. There's a fourth thing that... I want us to see why people bust the bank. Number four, many people don't plan their spending. They don't plan their spending. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse number five says, The plans, everybody say plans. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. I mean, if you, plan, if you have a plan financially, you've got to be diligent. It does take hard work, but listen, if you'll get a plan, if you will be diligent, it leads to profit. As surely as haste is, is been frivolous, as, as not having a plan, just living life, you know, I'm just going to spend, I don't have no plan, just going to live through life and just enjoy it. And you, you, haste leads to poverty. Friends, if you have financial dreams with no financial plan, you're lost. It's like saying that you're going to go to Canada tomorrow, fly to Canada on a fishing trip, but you don't have a plane ticket nor any intentions of buying one. And I don't care how much you talk about it. Oh, I can't wait to go to Canada tomorrow. Can't wait to board the plane. I mean, I got a dream. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to catch some big fish in Canada. What beautiful scene. I can't wait to go to Canada. I don't care how much you dream about it. I don't care how much you talk about it. You're going to be in Oklahoma tomorrow. Because you don't have a plan. And that's what people do financially. Oh, I can't wait till I get here. I can't wait till we can retire here. I can't wait till we accomplish these goals. And you got a lot of dreams, but no plan. And you're lost financially if you have financial dreams and no financial plan. And I don't have a lot of time to, to get into planning your, your, your spending. And I believe so much in it. And Tiffany and I, I do this. We watch our business closely. But we're having a workshop beginning this Wednesday night, that's going to go into depth about planning your spending, getting out of debt, improving your credit scores. It's going to go into these issues in depth. Our business administrator is going to be teaching it. And we want to help you. We want to help you. We want to help your family, your career, your life, your future in this capacity. Let me introduce to you via video uh, Sam Couples, our business administrator. And you can plan on attending this workshop beginning this Wednesday night. Check out this video. Is debt a problem for your family? Are you concerned about your future retirement? Does your credit score need improvement? Hi, I'm Sam Couples, the business administrator here at People's Church. 
Join me on Wednesday evenings for a workshop where I'll be sharing some valuable tools to help you with financial issues to fix your finances. The four-week Fix Your Finances workshop will meet on Wednesday evenings beginning August 8th through August 29th in the PC Adventure Room. The workshop begins at 7 p.m. and ends at 8.45. There is no charge for this workshop and child care will be provided. Reserve your space today by signing up at the community group table located in the lobby. Once again, this workshop begins this Wednesday, and it will help you. It will benefit absolutely free to you to help you and your family in the arena of your finances. I want to give you a visual today, and like I say, I don't have time to go into depth about, about planning uh, your spending, but just a visual of a, of a biblical strategy that, that's so biblical about how to plan your spending. spending. It's, many people call it the 10-10-80 principle. I, I have 10 $1 bills in my hand, and, and this is the way that scripturally we ought to live as Christ followers. It's the way that Tiffany and I uh, live our lives. The, the first dollar out of every ten, it goes to God. It, it's our tithe. We, we return it to the Lord. It's just simply saying, God, you're first in our life. God, God, God we trust you. And I kind of think it's, it's really awesome. God just says, you know, I just want a dollar back. When, when you think about all he's done for us, he created us. He made us. He gave us our, our life. He he gave us our, our activity of our limbs. He, he gave us our minds. He gave us our talents. He gave us our jobs. I mean, he gave us everything. I, and all God says, I, I went back one dollar out of every ten. I'm thinking, man, God, all that you've done for me, you gave me everything I've got. I mean, I'd be willing to give you, I'd give you two or three. But, but all God says, hey, I, just want, I just want you to remember me that I, I'm Lord and return the tithe to me. And so, and so first of all, the, out of every ten, we, we give back a dollar to God. And, and then second of all, the, the, the second ten percent is, is we save it. We, we invest it for the future. We, we don't spend it. We, we invest it for our future. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. Preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. That's 20% of my money. And I'm so tight financially. I've got myself so upside down. i got myself into so much debt. I just can't do that. There's no way that I can, I, I can do those things. I can't buy, invite God to bless me financially by returning the time. I can't pay God first and pay myself second. And, and here's what I know. Here's what I understand about finances. Percentage tithing and percentage saving, doing a percentage, is a habit. Just a habit. And people that have themselves in a financial mess, they have bad financial habits. And, and one of the things that you have to address is your habits. It's just a habit. And all of us have created habits in our life. And you've got to change the, your financial habits or you, you, you'll never have margin in your life. And so I encourage people, no matter how much debt you got, no matter, you got to create some new habits. And here's what you have to change over here in this area, because you, you, you return the tithe and then, and then you pay yourself second, invest for the future. And then the other eight, you start pay, you pay your bills and you attack debt. And you may have to reduce your lifestyle to attack debt. You may have to sell the car, downgrade the house, but you got to attack debt and get yourself where you have some financial margin. So the other uh, $8 goes to paying bills and then you enjoy the rest. I mean, whatever you can enjoy. You enjoy it. You enjoy life. There's nothing wrong with upgrading your lifestyle as long as you have margin in your life. But you can't. What most people do is they enjoy it first. They enjoy it first. <laughs> Just gonna enjoy it. Hope I can pay the bills. <laughs> I'm gonna. Enjoy it. But you can't do that. And what I would highly encourage you to do. This is what Tiffany and I do. I believe it's really, really, really biblical. With our finances, we actually live on what we call a 10, 10, 10. 70 principle and what tiffany and i do for every ten dollars we make the first dollar we we give to god and then the second dollar we we just call it it's just giving because returning the tithe is just it's just being obedient to god it's not giving it's just returning the tithe and for the second dollar we, we want to be able to just hear from god 
we just open our hearts to, to hear. We know that God wants to, to, to use us to, to bless others. So we just open our heart and say, Holy Spirit, speak to us. And we support missionaries on a, on a weekly basis. We, we give them mission. We open our hearts to, to help the poor, to, uh, maybe to help somebody that, that's going on a mission trip. We, we're just open and say, God, we got a dollar. That we just want to be able to hear. We got margin. We've created margin by not upgrading our lifestyle so that we can hear from our Heavenly Father and be obedient to you and invest in advancing your kingdom. And then we do save 10% and invest it for, for the future. And then we pay our bills and, and, we, and we enjoy the rest. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You've got to develop some habits on planning your spending. The Lord will help you. The Lord will bless you. There's a, a fifth reason people bust the bank. Point number five is this. Many people don't understand that money is a spiritual issue. Money is a spiritual issue. Friends, you can't be totally devoted to God and stay lost financially. You, you can't wholeheartedly follow your Savior and not give a rip about your finances. Because listen, friends, God said way too much about finances and possessions for us just to ignore it all. Matter of fact, if you take what Jesus said about salvation, well, what Jesus said about heaven and, and hell, and you combine it together, Jesus said more about money and possessions than all three of those issues combined. And to me, salvation, heaven, and hell is pretty big stuff. But that's how much Jesus said about money and possessions. Because you know what Jesus understood? That money is a spiritual issue. You know what it'd be like saying? It'd be like you and I saying this. You know what? I hate that person. I hate their guts. I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to ha- harbor bitterness in my heart. I'm not going to forgive them. I have no intentions of reconciling. I have no intentions of getting things right. I'm just going to hate them the rest of my life. I'm going to hate your guts. But I sure love the Lord. No. I mean, it just can't happen. I mean, no matter how much you come to church, how much you pray, how much you read your Bible, you cannot hate your brother. You can't hate a person and love God. You can't be completely devoted to God and hate a person. And it's the same way in the arena of your finances. You can't be lost financially and have no intentions of getting unlost and just don't give a rip about your finances and then say, oh, but I'm wholeheartedly following God. Oh, God, you know you have all of me. Bless me. Help me. Touch me. Touch my family. Touch the business. Lord, you know I'm all of yours. But, Lord, I have no intentions of getting unlost. You, you can't do that because money is a spiritual issue. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse number 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever your money is, that's where your heart is. And if we were honest today, some of you have allowed your heart to go in some very dangerous places. Here's a a principle that we need to sink into our hearts today. Wherever we're sending our money... Our attention and heart follows. Just a principle, just like jumping off the top of this building. It's a law called gravity. You're going to come down. And Jesus said, here's here's the principle. Wherever you're sending your money, your attention and your heart follows. Money is a spiritual issue. Here's the thing. Just relax because I want you to understand this. God's not trying to get your money. You know what God's trying to do? He's trying to capture your heart. God just wants your heart. And he knows how closely connected your money and your heart is. And what God wants, he wants me. He wants you. He wants to be our Lord. 
He wants to be our God. He wants every aspect of our lives. He wants to be everything. And so God's not trying to get our money. He's trying to get our heart. And he knows that our money and our hearts are very closely connected. Matter of fact, the number one competition for our heart that God faces is money. I'm going to say that again. The number one competition that, 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 that God faces for our heart is money. That, that, that's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 21, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Notice what Jesus said. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, now if I, I, in my way of thinking, the, the way I grew up, the way I, uh, I, I visualized this whole arena was this. I would have said, you cannot serve both God and the devil. <laughs> That's not what Jesus says. It's God. No, no, no. The number one competition for your heart that I face is, listen, you can't serve God and money. I know you're going to try. I know you think you can. I know you think, hey, I, got, I love God and I love money too. No, no, Jesus says you're missing it. I can't, I can't be Lord and money be Lord too. And the number one competition I face is, is money because money is a, a spiritual issue. Matter of fact, some of you today as we're looking at God's principles and you're, you're thinking about, you're processing this message, and you're thinking about having to reduce your lifestyle, you're thinking about having to reduce your debt load, you know where some of you are facing your heart? You're facing fear right now. That there's a fear in your heart. You're scared about it, and, and, and you're fearful about the unknown and the decisions you're going to have to make. And friends, if you don't think fear is a spiritual issue, you're wrong. I mean, it's amazing the emotions that go on in our hearts when we, when we think about the arena of our, of our finances, because money is a spiritual issue. Some of you today, as you're hearing God's principles and you're thinking about reducing your lifestyle, you're thinking about reducing your debt. You know what some of you are facing today? In your heart right now, you're dealing with jealousy. You're dealing with pride. Because you're thinking, what are my neighbors going to say? What are my friends going to say? When, when, when they see me changing my lifestyle, when they see me uh, reducing my lifestyle, not driving the same car, what are they going to think? I mean, I don't want them to think that I don't have it guy I want. I may be close to bankruptcy. I may not have any margin. But I sure want them to think well of me. And, and we start dealing with jealousy. And we start dealing with pride. It's amazing how money is so closely connected to our hearts. And if you don't think jealousy and pride are spiritual issues... Boy, you're really wrong. Today, some of you, as you're thinking about these principles and reducing your life and, and, re and reducing your debt, some of you today, what, what you're facing and what you're feeling, and you're feeling anger in your heart. You may be angry at a, at a spouse that they've made some bad financial decisions that got you in this mess. Some of you right now, you're angry at me. You're mad because I can't believe this preacher is talking about reducing life and, and reducing debt so I can have margin. And you're angry. And friends, if you don't think anger... Is a spiritual issue. Wow, you're so wrong. It's amazing how close money is connected to our heart. Some of you today, what you're facing as you think about reducing your life and reducing your debt to have margin, some of you, you're dealing with the issue of greed. And you're sitting in your seat and you're thinking about this and you're thinking, man, that's good stuff. And I mean, it's true, it's biblical, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I like my stuff, I like my car. I, I like the house. I, you know, I know I got a lot of debt, and I, I know I'm not, I don't have any margin. And, you know, I'm close to filing bankruptcy. I know I look good, even though I'm stressed out and have pressure. But, you know, I'm, I'm greedy, and I like my stuff. I mean, I really love, I love money. 
I mean, very few Americans struggle with devil worship. There's not very many Americans going around cutting themselves and saying, Oh, I worship the devil, 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 devil. I worship you, devil, devil. That's not what people are struggling with. It's very hidden. It's very, very, very subtle. It's kind of incognito. But, but, but people struggle with worshiping, worshiping money. Because money is a, it's a spiritual issue. So Jesus says, hey guys, what I want more than anything is I just want your heart. And I realize that your money and your heart are very closely connected. And all I want you to remember, guys, is where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks today for for speaking to us.